Good morning. This is Ed of Ed's Bookshelf. Glad to have you with us this morning. I want to try something different. Rather than a poem, I'm going to read a short story from my book entitled Sometimes the dreams are dismal. I'm sure you're going to like it. It's one of several books in my collection that I've published. And this particular story is about a love that was shared between a husband and wife. And the love did not end well. And this short story defines why. I hope you'll enjoy it. You can pick it up from more publishing or from Amazon. And I believe it's at Walmart. So let's see how far we can go for the first part. Sometimes the dreams are dismal. Miss Larger had become as a wolf, a protector of her children. She would give her life for them. Her husband was gone. They were, in fact, all she had. Her youth had been lost in the rough farm work in the South. It was hard, dirty work but she felt it necessary in order to help her family to exist. During the days of her youth, children did the work that was given to them. It was work to be done simply, forthrightly, with no pretense of questioning the goal or the reason for it. Later, after moving north with her family, because her father decided without anyone's input, which was his manner of doing things, she decided to marry. Her father and mother insisted she remain with them. Yet every reason they gave for her to stay, she rejected. She was 18, and as her parents often indicated, she felt grown up. Her family was albino, and in that community few men existed from which to choose. Her desire to be grown up persisted. She felt that she would never do the long, boring housewife her mother had done and constantly was doing. She knew that her home would be filled with costly things and rich furnishings for her and her children. Marriage to her was a means of escapism, a flight to a world of long hours sitting comfortably with her husband. It would be a world of quaint dinners 
everything would be perfect for she had seen life in the many books that she had read. Her dream was full of balmy winds and blossoming cherry trees and music that was being played magically from some unforeseen place. Several long, saddened years had passed. She was 25 now. The winter had set in and the day was dark and gray. It was the kind of day when thoughts tended to naturally reflect upon the years past. Her thoughts and the days were a match because each carried its own dismal pain. One pain was in her heart, which cried for relief at times. The other pain was in her soul, where nothing could ease its grief. He was a high yellow man. His name was Sharp Larger. Not the best looking of men, but he had a peace about him which always took the easy way out of things. They had met accidentally on the street. Looking one way to see if the bus to work was late, she had turned and walked into it, looking for the same bus. He liked her toughness, as he called it. The way she would appear to make everything all right because of her determination to do so. His style was to negotiate. Hers to demand. He seldom won their arguments, and when he did, he knew that she had allowed him to. He had come from the South, and so had she. Cajun is what he called himself, from New Orleans is how he would say it. After some months had passed, he wanted to marry her. Love for him was something special. Not as romantic as it was romance. The difference was, he said, romantic is what you try to be. Romance is what you feel. For him, every day was a song and a dance. The folly of this thinking was that he didn't see the times for seriousness. And as such, his dreams always remain unpublished songs. He worked at whatever he could get, and he worked study most of the times. This was during the 1940s, when some people were still invisible in those days, and the biblical curse of Ham was widely shared by many who needed no curse to hate, blacks and albinos. It was simply a convenient reason to. After all, God had said so, hadn't he? She liked him too. Yet she never felt as he did. He was a suitor her only one. 
she knew that his constancy was real and that the professed love he maintained for her came more from his need than hers. He had stories to tell, stories that would keep her in rapt attention and in a small sense, give her the feelings of escape that she felt she needed. They would sit for hours on the sidewalk edge of her father's house and watch the travelers of her block walk by. They would walk back and forth and smile, not at her, but at the knowledge of whom she was with. They were always polite smiles. Many of the neighbors knew his stories were fancies spurned from imagined thoughts when boredom occurred from tedious work they had to perform. End of part one.